So how do you create your dream business that creates generational wealth for you and your family and fulfills your true calling and purpose in life and do what you truly love and make the world a better place without feeling burnt out or sacrificing that special time with your family and friends? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. Hi, I'm Elena Dacus and I'm a founder and CEO of BossyHills.com. And every week I will bring you insights to answer that question. Hi, I'm super excited about today. You know, this has been on my mind for a while. I want to talk to you about productivity and really how to maximize your time you have available. Because you know what? It's one thing I hear from all the women that I work with, um, that I interact with, that in my network. I feel like women really struggle with that the most. Um, because obviously you have so much going on in your life. You have kids, you have uh, family to look after, you have husbands. And I feel like there's, a, and especially as a business owner, a CEO, as a founder, you have a lot going on in your life. And there's like never ending to-do list, never ending feeling like you haven't done enough, like uh, you wish there was more time, um, you wish there was uh, a way to kind of, you know, you wish you were further along than you are right now. And, um, you know, there's always things you can be doing, there is always more to do. And sometimes they can just feel so overwhelming. So this is why, um, you know, productivity is really important. And you know, women don't have a lot of time. That's the truth of it. You have so much going on. So making the most out of the time you have available is key. So today I'm going to give you a lot of strategies. And I'm really, my intention is for this to be super helpful. Because I find one thing that's really frustrating with a lot of time management tools or productivity techniques or things that people talk about out there or that's been taught is really geared around men, right? Right? Or sometimes even single men that only have themselves to look after. You know, a good example, you see other entrepreneurs and they kind of showing off the fact that they wake up at three o'clock in the morning or 2.45 and how they grind before the day starts. And I think... You know, it's it's amazing, and certainly for for that man, and if you're in that position, that's amazing, like great. But when you have you know six children, sick children at home, and they're not feeling well, and you've been waking up seven times a day, you know, the idea of waking up at three o'clock in the morning, um, having a productive day, and then going on with your life and have all sorts of stuff going on, it's just not something that's feasible. And I think, you know, every kind of every productivity book is really written. Uh, with man in mind or with with men that have amazing wives that support them that take the load and other things therefore they can't spend five hours um you know just worrying about their business and then work till 10 o'clock at night and they don't really have to they don't have to break their day to look after the children or do the school drop off or cook the lunch or look after the husband. So I think there's a big gap in this knowledge space really catered for women, working women that wear in so many hats that they have teams to look after, they have kids to look after, they have to do school drop off, packed lunches, then they have a husband to look after. And, you know, sometimes husbands can be another child in the family. Um, so... 
this is where I just want you, you know, and what it can leave you thinking about, well, I, you know, if almost before you even start your day, you can feel like, well, if I didn't wake up at four, five or three o'clock, that means I've already failed. That could be that feeling is like, oh, you know, I just, you know, you read something around productivity and say, well, this is just not going to be achievable for me. And that can lead to a real kind of sense of dissatisfaction. So I think today I want to really address that because, you know, women do have a lot more responsibilities to cater for. And um, this certainly is true for my life, has always been like that. And um, I just want to share some things that I found helpful. I find that help work helps my clients um, and my kind of experience as well. So hopefully you, you'll take something away from it. So first of all, I just want to focus on the key. One of the key fundamentals for productivity is actually your physical health. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? And you probably will notice in yourself when you feel your best, you are just so much more energized. You have hormones flying through your body like endorphins. They want you to like smash it, go get it, have a lot more presence, a lot more energy in what you do and a lot more passion. So certainly physical health is really, really important. And I've certainly experienced that firsthand. Normally, you know, my um, workout is really important to me. Like I work out normally every single day for about half an hour minimum. I do a minimum of 20 minutes, but on a good day, it's 45 minutes. And it's really kind of me time, it's priority time. Um, to be honest, if I don't exercise, I'm just a horrible, horrible person. <laughs> I'm not the greatest mom. I just, my mood goes out the window. I become real miserable, depressed. I mean, you name it. Like exercise is a real lifesaver for me. Um, I got into it when my I was actually on my maternity leave with my first son. I was almost quite sporty and active, but but I really got into it when, um, after my first son, um, yeah, I was just really needed something for my mental health. As soon as he was nine weeks, I just needed to exercise. Um, he was a November baby. So of course, you know, those kind of three first three months were like months of darkness. You know, you're with your baby, you cocooned in a bedroom. Um, and I just, you know, I was not myself. I needed to just have a routine where I go to the gym, I drop him at the crash. And for 45 minutes, I feel myself feel human. And I really got into that routine. And it's been part of my life ever since. And recently, you know, I had an injury, right? I had a sports injury um, in the gym uh, where I ruptured my Achilles tendon. So I really, I was, uh, you know, I was in a cast for two weeks. I'm now wearing a boot for another seven weeks. So it's really impacted my physical activity levels. Um, and I just, I real, I see how my energy is not the same. I am a lot, um, my, I'm more overthinking. I'm more negative. I'm less productive. I don't have that kind of zest of let's let's do it, let's do it, let's motivation. So really physical health is key. And if it's part of your routine already, brilliant. And I, you probably already sold on the idea that it's life-changing. But if you're not, I just invite you to have a think about how can you spend 10 minutes, and it doesn't have to be big, going for a walk, just focus on yourself, your health, being active, getting your heart pumping um, out your body, and just notice how it makes you feel. Just pay attention. How does that make you feel? And um, I know that sometimes, you know, you need to find the day that works for you. Sometimes I used to wake up in the morning at five o'clock and do a little, a little workout 
Or when I just drop the kids off, instead of driving, I will take a buggy and drop them off and walk back. So it's finding what works for you. You know, you, I, I don't want to be kind of uh, dogmatic because I know this is what's really unhelpful is I want you to really think about your life, how, what's going to work best for you with the routine around your kids. Maybe it's doing sit-ups while you're cooking porridge for your kids. It's just doing a little bit uh, and just thinking 15 minutes a day, what can I do that I'm going to enjoy? So physical health. Another thing is mental health, for sure. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in meditation. I'm a big believer in hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy has changed my life. Um, it's been transformational for my limiting beliefs. So every day I try to incorporate um, 15 minutes as a minimum of meditation. And you know what? I noticed that few things happen when I meditate. I am... Um, I'm a lot more focused. I am, um, um, I don't know if I have ADHD. I mean, I don't, but I'm certainly someone who has a lot of ideas, a lot of creative ideas. Um, I'm a manifesting generator uh, by human design. So I certainly like to work on multiple things. So what I do, you know, and that, that can be a distraction for me. Uh, so one of the benefits I see is that I can focus a lot more and able to be a lot more creative and deep work after meditation because I feel like I don't have that rumbling thousands of thoughts in my head. So that's one thing. I also find it that I can manage my emotions a lot better. So certainly when you get triggered and, you know, with kids, with things happening in your days, you can easily get triggered. And I know that for myself, when I get triggered, I maybe just do something that I regret. Um, and that just allows me to kind of prevent that from happening, just to take a pause before I get triggered or notice what's happening inside of me a little bit better. Um, but also, I think by nature, if we don't control our mind, our mind will control us. And what I mean by that is... Um, what, what, hap what do most people do, right? They wake up, they pick up their phone... They get absorbed on Instagram or social media. They get um, now already driven by other people's agenda, by other people's ideas, by other people's content. Before they even connected to themselves, their own view. So if you didn't do that, and imagine if you woke up and maybe, you know, you, you kind of push back the Instagram, the social media, out the other people's agenda, other people's thoughts, other people's content, other people's, um, you know, ideas, and really spend your day maybe with kids, uh, being present, fully present, and then spend 10 minutes meditating before your day started. I think what it also gives you, it gives you you know, and then focus on visualizing the business you want, the goals that you want, the future that you want. It gets you connected to the possibility of the great outcomes. And what it also gives you, it gives you that clarity around what you need to focus on right now. It also will give you a lot of creative ideas and really helps you develop your own voice before you get influenced by others. One thing I live by and really think is so important is, you know, Creation before consumption means that you create your agenda, you create the content, you create your ideas first before you consume other, uh, consume other people's content. Because especially social media can be absolute killer of productivity. And you know this yourself, right? It's designed in a way that once you pick up your phone, you get so dragged into it. 
that you lose track of time and then you're like, wow, two hours have gone by. I haven't noticed what I've done. What have I been doing? It's just because you got distracted. And this is the key thing. If you can delay that, focus on connection to yourself, your feelings, visualizing your goals, what's important to you, your future, the future of your business, the future of your family, being present with your kids first, uh, then creation, and then only later in the day when you got all the things done or maybe certain chunks of your day where you need to know, be on social media, you can connect to it then. But schedule the time you're going to be distracted. That's another tip that I love for productivity. If you know social media is a big distraction for you, say, right, at 12 o'clock in lunchtime, I'm on social media. Then, you know, after my day is finished at four and maybe at seven. So three chunks of time in the day when I'm social media, when I need to be interacting, answering comments, you know, doing whatever needs to be done, but schedule it in. So outside of those hours, you are really... I'm not using my phone or I'm being productive because I think that can make a huge difference to your day. So consumption before creation and meditation and focusing on mental health, connection to yourself and really seeing the world you want, the goals you want before you get influenced by other people. And then it's really setting, um, really thinking about a couple of things uh, that's really different. You know, for me, productivity a lot of times means that my kids are happy. Because you know for yourself, when things are at home are good, when things that your kids are happy, they're in a good routine, you can then now think about work. You can actually be more focused at your day, you know, at the work that you're doing. But actually, if your kids aren't well, right, or if your kids uh, need an extra attention and you have been neglecting them for a while, you know that's going to drain on you, on your motivation, and it's going to be a huge distraction in a way. So in a way, the kids need to be a priority, making sure they're in a good routine, making sure that you've spent that special time that's important to you with them first. And once you do that that lays a foundation for you to be able super focused on your work um that's what I really found. So for me, that means that I know I need to have a special time with my boys. You know, for example, when they get home from like 4.30 to 5.30, I just play with them. I want to do their homework and I want to do present. And that's time like guarded for me. I protect it because I want to sit with them, play with them, draw with them. And then if I've done that, I find that they're karma. They don't maybe bug me if I'm in the meeting because they had that connection with me. I was present with them. My phone was away. And um, it doesn't actually require a lot of time. And I also know how they're doing. I feel like, you know, I've been there, I've seen them. And um, it lays a foundation for me to be focused on my work when I'm working. Another thing is actually... Um, you know, one thing I find that if your relationship with your husband is good or with your family, it also kind of lays that foundation for you to also be more productive and focused at your, uh, on your business and your work and actually making, but but, you know, when you're in the argument, for example, and, um, I have this sometimes, for example, it's an argument in the family with your parents and it's just like really, draining your soul you know um I don't know if you can relate to this but I find like when I'm in the argument I find I can't think of anything else I just really don't like that so much it really kind of hurts my soul um that it's become such a distraction I'm I cannot be fully present at the work that I'm doing I cannot be fully present with my kids so actually what I've learned after being now over 20 years of marriage is um 
that's foundation. I'm not always getting it right. It's certainly one of the hardest thing, aspects in life and it is challenging and I'm not going to pretend it's not. Um, but I guess if you ha- if you manage to sort that out, it kind of eliminates all the other issues around the business and everything else just flows so much easier. And I'll give you a couple of things that really I think is powerful in relationships in general. Um, one thing is certainly understanding the love languages. And um, I remember when I first read that book of love languages, it was really like, oh my word, it was really eye-opening thing for me. It was like epiphany. I was like, oh my word, of course it is that way. Uh, for me, the big revelation was, well, if I have if I have a certain love language, for example, for me it's an intimate conversation. So I know when someone talks to you know spends time with me, as an intimate conversation, I feel loved, right? I feel like someone's interested in my inner world, and it's really important to me. And physical touch, like hugging someone, certainly a reflection of love. So I know when I want to you know subconsciously or naturally when I want to express love to someone I will use my love language. I will sit down, I will have a deep conversation, I'll ask them how they are, I'll give them a hug. For me that's the ultimate expression of love. But of course that book has revealed to me in the fact that that might be the case for me, but for other person it might be doing the dishes. You know, I am not an acts of service love language, but for example, my husband, my, uh, you know, is um, one of his love languages an acts of service. So the idea of doing the dishes is a reflection of love to someone. Before that was just like, well, surely it's not, because for me, it's not. Like for me, doing the dishes has nothing to do with love. But for so many people, it is. It's, do, you know, doing the floors or picking up clothes, um, of the, you know, doing the washing or folding clothes is actually an act of love or gifts, right? So certainly understanding what are your love languages? What are the love languages of your kids? What are the love languages of your husband? What are your love languages of your family? is absolutely key because then you can do things that really matter and it's the small things that are going to keep you close, connected. And you know, when you feel love, when you feel, uh, when you feel whole, when you feel complete and full of love, like you received so much love, you just, everything becomes easier. And funny enough, funny enough, it actually impacts your work life because you're full at home and um, you can just be so much more productive. And I know it's a challenging subject, especially for women, especially for women CEOs, founders, for whom, you know, a lot of their family don't quite get why they're so driven. They don't support their business. And um, this is certainly where I come in and I support a lot of women through it because I think this is where someone um, like who is your business coach or business mentor or business consultant and can really support you in that journey that you don't necessarily need as much support at home and it's okay if you maybe don't have as much support as you need and another thing I feel uh, another um, element I feel like a lot of women need I see and it certainly was true for me and it's certainly something I work on is this requirement for needing approval 
is this requirement sometimes women find themselves that they need someone's okay they need someone's approval and i certainly am still in that place and i certainly notice myself doing that where sometimes i almost need someone's okay you okay with me doing it in order to do something forward like making a big investment in a coaching program or a consultant or recruitment but sometimes people feel the need to have an acceptance from their partner and that's certainly something i've worked on myself because in a way it's unfair unless your husband or your wife have been in the situation you know where they've already achieved the things you're trying to achieve it's unfair to ask them to be your business mentor right it's unfair to ask them for the approval you don't need anyone's approval to do things that you truly love because the worst thing that can happen is they don't give you approval and then you resent them for it right? They don't give you approval. They don't give you support. And five years down the line, you haven't achieved your goals. You haven't achieved your dreams. You are feel dissatisfied. You're resenting yourself and you're going to resent your husband or your wife at the same time. So that's just something you want you to think that if you feel like, why am I looking for validation? Why am I looking for approval? If I believe this is the right thing, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't need other people's approval. So that's certainly been my area that I've been leaning into. And it's just been really impactful because because what I don't want to do, I don't want to put someone in a position where they, uh, I don't want them to be my business mentor, where actually it's not their place. And it's not fair for them to, uh, for me to expect that. And I certainly don't want to resent someone for not giving me the right answer. Um, because I think freedom of choice and freedom of self-expression and partnership is so, so key. So that's one thing. So really keeping peace at home is going to help you be more focused, more productive in life. And another thing of certainly is one of my key things, and it's about habits and uh, having really positive habits in your life that make a dramatic difference. I'm just going to take you through some habits that get you to think about this. One of my really fundamental habits that's been transformative in my life. And, um, you know, I was a senior executive for a large corporation um, and that's been true there when I manage large teams where I worked in the world's largest deals you know that I've been bought and sold 50 companies up to 10 billion US dollars and certainly a lot of pressure that comes with it I had many startups um, so there's a lot of pressure and a lot of things going on and one key fundamental habit that really helped me through it to navigate through it is on Sunday it could be when the kids go to bed. For me right now, what time works is the boys are at rugby. So I have this weekly review strategy CEO time. Before the week started, what I do is I look back at my last week. I see, I, first of all, I celebrate the big wins. I think, right, what has worked well? What am I proud of? And really anchoring that sense of, actually, look how far I've come. Like I didn't feel that before that review. But actually, when I look back... I'm like, wow, I've done that and I've done that and I've done that and writing it down in a list and a sheet of paper and listing in things that actually worked well that you're proud of. For me, it could be like not shouting for my, my kids so much or it could be, you know, getting my workout in, it getting my meditation in, it's, you know, doing things I was uncomfortable, it's reaching out to people, it's, you know, having quick wins small wins, big wins, and listing them down is just like unbelievably helpful. So I start with that. I celebrate the wins. I then look at everything what hasn't been completed that's kind of needs to finish in the following week. And um, I focus on that. 
what are the key things that I still kind of carried over to my next week? And then I write, I write a running list of all the things I need to happen. I look at things coming up, big events, big projects, big deadlines over the next month. And what I do is I just brain dump all the things that need to happen, right? And I write in my journal on my list of paper. I then go through and really select what my focus for the next, for the week will be. And I schedule them in, in my calendar. And, um, you know, the key things are very important. I certainly try to batch the days. And I think for most people in CEOs and founders, it's really important because the task switching is where you lose a lot of momentum. You lose a lot of mental power in switching tasks. So if you're working on your content, then you have to start recording podcasts. Or if you're in meetings, you now need to go into deep work and do a strategic planning. It's really hard to do to switch the tasks. So certainly thinking about the day in a month when you do all your content, a day in the month when you do your podcast, a day in the month when you work with your team. If you have client meetings and maybe a day in your, in your week, then you focus on that. It's really, really powerful because it eliminates that switching and make, keeps you in momentum and you know kind of what's happening during that day. So that's something that certainly I think about. And then I try to be really intentional for my calendar, block it, uh, look at it. And then once I've put it all the key actions on my calendar, I've scheduled it in so I know when it's happening. There's no guesswork. There's no more overthinking that needs to happen. And it's, I do a couple of things. I ensure that I dedicate more time than need to to the task. So don't, if you know things that can take longer, don't schedule 20 minutes for an activity. Like give yourself more time than you need it. Um, because otherwise it just avoids that um, dissatisfaction, that feeling that you kind of overscheduled yourself. That's one thing. Always get the, f the most difficult thing done first in the day. Another thing, leave by that. Creation before consumption, super, super important. Another thing that what this creation before consumption do is you probably see this a lot, especially on social media, especially around kind of coaching consultant world is people, you know, they maybe took one coaching um, program and then they effectively or read a couple of books and then they regurgitate this information to their clients. And um, what it do, does is it, it makes them lose their voice. And I think we all see this, like the same message over and over again, regurgitated, right? Uh, everything just becomes looking the same and the same strategies, the same ideas. And, um, you know, it it's just... It, you need to develop your own voice as well. And you can only do that when you create before consume. So you don't get influenced and you really tap into your own thinking, your own creativity, your own inner voice. And I promise you, you will have super, super powerful inner voice, inner ideas, inner creations. So especially if you do this um, after meditation, after you've meditated, then you go straight into your crea creative mode. That's going to allow you to tap into that deeper subconscious work, your own voice, your own thinking, your own ideas before you get influenced by others. So certainly creation before consumption, do the hardest thing first and batch your days. And then what I do on Sunday, I then review my week and see if it's balanced. Like, is it too much uh, focus, for example, on my work and I have no special time with my kids or I don't do anything special with my husband or I haven't called my mom or I haven't done self-care or I haven't connected to my friends? Because I know for myself, if one of my, you know, 
I'm most balanced where, you know, I've seen my girlfriends, I had a massage, I, you know, went shopping, I did something more for me, for fun, um, that I t- kind of balanced all my areas of life, even if it was for half an hour, that I dedicate, I feel just a little bit more complete, I feel a little bit more fuller, I feel like I'm progressing all areas of life. Because I've certainly had, you know, for a long time where my work was everything and I just felt so out of balance and kind of drained that it impacted other areas of life. So certainly things that I've learned for myself is to keep in this alignment, seeing right, if my goals are to really have balance, then does my schedule reflect that? And for you, your goals might be different. Then I, what I encourage you is to have a look at your calendar and say, right, if my focus is to have maybe fo- make sure I have more commitment to my health, more commitment to my business, more commitment to my marriage, more commitment to my kids, th- does my schedule reflect that? Can I see that happening? And you need to be able to see it in advance. Otherwise, we know if it's not scheduled, it's not going to happen. So a few things to think about there. Really review your calendar in advance. Look at it and be intentional about it. Schedule it in and see, does it give you, does it meet the objectives that you're trying to achieve? Is it actually going to happen by the end of the week? And then another thing I do is I look at all the things that need to happen and I think, well, what are three things, if they were done by the end of the week, they'll make the biggest impact? So this is the key questions. If I only manage to do three things and three things only, what are three things that will be most impactful in my life, right? So for example, right now, if you're in a, quiet, in a client acquisition mode, what are the key things that will help you gain two, three new customers this month? What are those things? It may be recruiting a coach. It's working with, working with someone who can support you because you know that's what's going to move the needle. It may be going to training. It may be working on your personal development. Or maybe it's contacting 100 people and see how you can build or it's maybe going and out and pitching yourself being on a podcast being on a presenting um you know maybe getting some media attention what are the key three things that are actually going to make the most move in the biggest needle to achieve one goal that you currently have that's another thing of course i always talk about is that it's important for you, especially in business, have like one overarching goal like what is the key goal that you work towards right now because if you have 15 goals, it's just hard to keep that focus. If you have one key fo- goal, um, you can call it different ways, but it's that mo- uh, the goal that will make everything else irrelevant. Like if you know that right now, if you'll be bringing 50,000 pounds in your business on a monthly basis, which means, I don't know, it could work different, but let's say if you price your coaching program for 10,000 pounds, um, you know, 10,000 pounds, you know, that's like five clients during the month. So if you know, if you had that, that would be a needle mover for all the other things becoming super easy because then you can invest in ads, you can invest in team, you can do all the other things. So that's your number one goal. So then you work backwards and really think about, right, what do I need to have in my business in order to achieve that? So it gives you the level of focus, the sense of direction, sort of like you working towards one goal that you're working towards. You're not getting distracted by having 350 ideas and different things to work on. So that's really key. And another thing when I think about goal setting is 
one thing that's really to-do list can do to us, um, and I think it's especially a kind of women's issue, is that it can feel so draining, right? Have you ever had this? You write this list of goals and you're like, oh my word, like, where do I even start? I don't want to do anything on this list. This is just too much. <laughs> so... If you find yourself feeling that, one thing I kind of tip I give you is write your goals as if they've already been accomplished. So I have gained, I have done, I have achieved, because then you, first of all, you'll be able to see the outcome of that goal and you're like, wow, that is actually energizing. Oh, I have already got five new customers this month. Wow, that feels, that feels fun. Or I have... I don't know. I have, um, I've been, I've spoken to this event. That feels exciting. Or I have achieved this. It becomes, uh, instead of becomes this draining to-do list that just never ends, it becomes a really energizing, energizing productivity tool. You're like, yeah, I want that. Because you do a few things with that, right? It's outcome driven. So you visualize the goal that you need to happen, right? That's super powerful. You need to see your goals already happened in the future. It's, you know, one of the mental techniques that I always talk about, this visualization and see that's already happened. So you're bringing this reality forward closer to you. But it also gives you kind of um, thinking, right, it gives you more structure. Well, if that's the case, then it naturally makes you think what needs to happen for me to achieve it. So you start already seeing the path towards achievement of your goals in those small steps. That's another thing. So a super powerful way, instead of writing your list as to do things, I need to do this, ugh, write it, I have achieved it. And I feel so powerful and elated that it's already happened. I'm so grateful for this goal. This is how you write a really empowering to-do list. So that's the key thing. And also understanding yourself. Another pillar of productivity um, is really understanding yourself. Like what I've talked about is kind of some ideas. But what I encourage you to do is start writing in journal what worked for you, what didn't. And write when you have a really good day. That's such a powerful tool. Um, because what when do we write in a journal? We tend to write in a journal is when things are not great, right? When you feel sad, depressed, and you're like, I need to get it off my chest. I need to get it out. And you put on the paper. And I remember I realized that uh, some time ago. And I was like, if I look at my journal and I start rereading it, it's all super negative. Like, because I'm not, and I'm like, was my year so bad? And then I was like, of course not. But what I didn't, I written in the moments when it wasn't great, when I needed work, when I needed extra thinking attention, when things were in the mess. What I, I didn't do is write when things were going well. Um, and I actually heard this. I think it was Matthew McConaughey. He was doing one of his talks on a podcast and he talked about it. And I'm like, of course, because if you do things when they're really good in life, you can then look back and say, why did it work well? Why, was I f why did I feel on top of the world? Why was my relationship good? Why was my relationship with my kids good? Why was my relationship with my mom and dad good? Why, why was my business flying? And then you start reviewing, understanding your own hacks your own tools of why things are going well but unless you capture it you miss that out because you're you you will have your own individual flow 
Like, I know I am the best when I wake up a little bit earlier, when I have time for myself, when I meditate in the morning, when I see sunlight in the morning, when I do exercise. Like, I've noticed that's when my day is great. I know when I wake up at the same time every day, I feel my best. I know when I go to bed at the same time, I feel my best. When I take some supplements like magnesium, like basil extract at night, I have the best night's sleep. I know, I'm like, Ron, this feels good. Why am I feeling good? Ooh, I did this. So start noticing when you feel good and then mental note, why, why am I feeling good? What did I do today that really kind of brought up my energy? And you know, I started also doing this after I received a kind of my human design reading. I really understood, well, as a manifesting generator, I know kind of, I understood how my energy is produced. I understood that actually I need to, you know, I love interacting with different people, with different projects, with different ideas. And I kind of leaned into it and noticed what brought me joy. And I really kind of encourage you to think about this well. It's like, notice what brings you joy, what's fun, and just do more of that. Lean towards that. What brings you a lot of joy in your business? Like, what do you love? Um, is it podcasting? It's, uh, you know, what is it? Interacting with people is your clients and lean into that. Um, super, super powerful. Understanding yourself, what works for you. What is your human design chart? Have a reading um, and really tapping into that. Um, so that's a super, super powerful, another way, understand yourself, notice, be intentional, write it down, journal when things are going well, as, as well as when they're not going well, and notice the patterns, notice things that really, really work for you. So here's a few things for you to think about. Um, that's maybe a little bit different, but just comes from kind of someone who's been Obsessed with productivity for so many years, for 20 years, really. I love it because I just find it, I find it energizing. I find it energizing, finding tools that help you move the needle, helps you be productive, help you feel more satisfied, more in touch with your life, more in balance, achieve you more and connect you closer to your dream life too. And be grateful for what you have right now. Um, so hope you find this helpful. As always, if you enjoy this, leave us a podcast review. It means the world. And as you know, for every podcast review, you'll get a surprise gift from me. You'll get something special um, and share it with someone who will benefit from this. Share it with a woman who, who means a lot in your life, for whom this will be super beneficial um, time and spent, who maybe is, um, you know, has a lot going on with her life. Um, has big dreams, ambitions, growing her business, but also have, um, you know, for whom family and kids and life and husbands and other things are also just as important. Um, so yeah, I'm sending you lots of love. I'm giving you a virtual hug. You've got this. You're amazing. And um, go and just go after your dreams. Your purpose means the world. And I'm sending you so, so much love. Speak to you soon.